Injection Radio is now available on a free app, both on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Just download our app and you're ready to go. You can now ask your Alexa to take you directly to InjectionRadio.com. InjectionRadio.com, the ultimate listening experience. Sit back, bolt in, and go full throttle. Let Injection Radio fuel your life with music. Good morning, InjectionRadio.com listeners. Sorry there was a slight technical delay this morning, but welcome to the Sunday morning surgery on InjectionRadio.com with me, your host, Pretty Rana. Really glad to have you with us this morning. Before I start the show, I'd like to obviously wish everybody a happy um, Mother's Day for all the mothers out there, or the single dads or carers. I hope you're having a beautiful morning. And also it was um, International Women's Day this week as well. So um, belated happy International Women's Day to all the beautiful and inspirational women out there. This week appears to be a celebration of women and their achievements. I have a brilliantly uplifting show today and as we're a bit delayed, I'm going to head on with it in a moment. But I just wanted to share a quote to start um, today's show from Maya Angelou. A woman in harmony with her spirit is like a river flowing. She goes where she will without pretense and arrives at her destination prepared to be herself and only herself. So to all the beautiful women out there, let's start this Sunday in a beautiful fashion.
again, guys. Again, everybody, I just wanted to apologize for this morning and the technical difficulties we had. As I said, we're gonna, we've got a wonderful show lined up today. I have the wonderful Wilma King with me. It'll be coming on in a moment. But I just wanted to remind you all that if you wanted to join in, shout out your mum or a woman for International Day or you have a comment or question, remember you can always call in or text in on 07432-362-257. Again, 07432-362-257. Like this, gotta be something for me to write this. Queen, I ain't seen you in a minute. Wrote this letter and finally decided to send it. Signed, sealed, delivered for us to grow together. Love has no limit. Let's been a slow forever. I know your heart is weathered by what studs did to you. I ain't gonna start them because I probably did it too. Because of you feelings, I handle with care. Some niggas recognize the life, but they can handle the glare. You know I ain't the type to walk around with matching shirts. A relationship is effort. I will match your work. I want to be the one to make you happiest and hurt you the most. They say the end is near. It's important that we close to the most high. Regardless of what happened on him, let's rely. It's important we communicate and tune the fate of this union to the right pitch. I never call you my bitch or even my boo. It's so much in the name and so much more in you. You understand the union of woman and man. It's sex and a tingle is where they assume it land. But that's fly by night for you in the sky, right? But when these cold shine nights, moon, you my light. If heaven had a height, you would be that tall. Ghetto the coffee shop, I see that all. Let's stick to understanding and we won't fall. For better or worse times, I hope to me you call. So I pray every day more than anything. Friends will stay as we begin to lay this foundation for a family. Love ain't simple. Why can't it be anything worth having you work at annually? Granted, we've known each other for some time. It don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. everybody you're on the sat- Sunday morning surgery nearly said Saturday because I used to be on Saturdays um, it's great to have you all with me as I said I've got a wonderful show today I have um, wonderful Wilma King with me today who Firstly, is a black woman of faith, a social worker by profession, and has specialized in child protection and safeguarding. Wilma has worked with the NSPCC for many years, specializing in child protection training and consultancy. Also, I'm excited to say has worked in Australia I think it's with Relationships Australia, managing a range of counselling, mediation and community education programmes. And I'm excited because recently I've been privileged to work, um, to have the opportunity to work with Wilma with the LCUK, the Learning Consultancy UK. And they together are a social enterprise organisation well, they've developed a social enterprise project and a well-being pictorial guide for parents and carers 
to help support children and young people returning to school to feel emotionally um, and physically safe during COVID. That's an exciting pack. And I'm going to let Wilma tell us so much more because she's done so much more. Wilma, are you with us? I am. I'm here. Greetings, Wilma. Thank you. Welcome to the Sunday morning surgery on injectionradio.com. Thank you for having me, Pretty. Thank you for being so patient with our technical difficulties. Not a problem. Okay, so to start off, I've given you a brief description. I know that's nowhere near enough, Wilma, of the kind of things that you have done. Um, would you like to tell us and the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Because I know in Australia you did more than I've said. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, but Pretty, let me start by joining you in saying um, and recognising our mothers today. So um, happy Mothering Sunday to everybody. Um, and I do want to recognise all of our mothers and our mothering women today. Um, I know that there are many women who, <clears throat> like myself, don't have children. Yes. But we've been there for our nephews and nieces and those in our churches and our communities. And I want to just reach out to you. It's, um, it's Mothering Day for everybody who mothers. And you mentioned it as well. For yeah. the men, we just celebrate those who stand beside us in parenting. Yeah. So, and yes, like you said, this Monday was International Women's Day. So let's just give a shout out and a celebration for every woman, every person who identifies herself as female and who inspires and is inspired by other women. So you wanted to know a little bit more about myself? Yes, please. And you know what, Wilma, I forgot that today I forgot to mention, which is really bad of me. Um, that's what the technical difficulties have done to my mind at the moment. Um, what's the place of faith in the pandemic? That's the conversation we're going to have. But please do, Wilma, tell us more about yourself because you're very experienced. Yeah, no, thank you. So let me just say, I, I'm like most other women. I grew up in a family. I have brothers and sisters, cousins, uncles, aunts, um, friends, and they've all contributed to my life and mentored me in different ways. So I am a, a black woman of faith. I have always had a faith. Um, my parents were uh, Anglicans and then they uh, converted when I was about five to being Seventh-day Adventist. So, uh, and when I was about 14, I chose that faith as well. And I kind of, I never, I never felt like I knew everything, yeah. but I felt that um, this was, this was, was the right path. It was a good path. Uh, and that I would commit myself to growing in it. And I was really pleased that nobody expected me to know it all and to, to be that kind of upright, perfect Christian when I was just an adolescent. And so that, been my kind of Christian path, one of kind of growing and learning. I'm still doing that today. And I, and I really celebrate the people who, who helped me in that Christians and non Christians. Um, I like the fact that you were saying that you made that decision from 17. Wilma? Yeah, well, but, but, uh, probably about 14, 15. Um, and yeah, seven, 17, I got baptized. They do that. We kind of believe in full adult baptism in the Adventist church. You've got to be old enough to know and understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, yes, it was an, it was an adolescent decision. Wow. And um, I know I mentioned that you worked in the NSPCC and you also worked in Australia. Mm -hmm. Which one came first, Wilma? Which came first? Yeah. Um, NSPCC. Um, so I qualified as a social worker and then I worked in local authority in, um, in London, Romford, Essex. And then I um, moved to the Midlands, um, for Hereford and Worcester, Worcestershire now. And then from social work, because while I was a social worker, I was uh, doing a few sessions um, at a university, I moved over into training. But when I was a, a social worker, um, myself and um, a wonderful woman called Angela, sure if she's listening, Angela. Um, we started the child protection unit in Worcestershire. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and we did all of the statutory investigative investigations for young people who had been abused physically, sexually, emotionally. Um, and, and it was a really poignant time. We did a lot of sensitive work, um, a lot of really important work. And she taught me a lot, Angela. And um, I then moved to the NSPCC, started in Oxford, um, interagency trainer, because the whole thing about social work uh, and child protection, particularly, is that it's everybody's business. You, you've got to work together to do this. Uh, yeah. We're going to protect our children. And so that got me into uh, the training and consultancy. Then I moved to Leicester, which is a national training center and the consultancy center for the NSPCC and uh, then developed training packages for all sorts of organizations, non-statutory, statutory government, you know, government departments, charities, private industries, just because, you know, we, we come across children everywhere, like they're everywhere, aren't they? Like they're in our homes mm -hmm. and then they're in our streets and you see them in the shops and when you go on holiday, they're there as well. And, and there are lots of organizations that work with them, you know, yeah. lots of charities or even, you know, national big organizations that um, have children come in their doors or children of their staff. So we did a lot of training and consultancy about how, how can we keep children safe in our society because they are sadly at risk um, wherever, even in sports. There's a wonderful sports conference, international sports conference. I'm part of the um, uh, Safe Sports International. Yeah. Uh, they had a conference just recently, you know, that where children in sports need to be kept safe. Athletes need to be safe. Children and adults, I should say, I've also worked with safeguarding adults as well and done a lot of work in churches um, mm. uh, around safeguarding adults. We want our churches to be safe. In my church, you know, Catholic Church, Church of England, Baptist, Methodist Church, all of us, we we want that place to be safe for children. I I've got to appreciate that you've spoken really, really nicely about child protection because that's quite a serious job in itself, um, and a very taxing job, Wilma. Because um, I've heard stories um, about safeguarding children and young people. It's a very, very stressful field, I'm guessing. Oh, hugely so. I, I remember being in the home of a family where we were concerned about children. In those days, you did go out on your own, sadly. And um, uh -huh. <laughs> I was upstairs in the bedroom. One of the social workers that I knew said you always had to do a bedroom check um, mm -hmm. with the mother and the child. And then there was a a father came in and so I'm upstairs as a kind of young, I was only in my twenties then, a young black social worker. And I hear this big gruff white male downstairs in a, not an area that there's lots of black people, let me just say. And yeah. I was kind of just mindful about what I was doing up there. Yeah. So yes, it's not always, it's not always safe. Not everybody wants to um, meet us, talk to us. No, people are usually scared of social workers, Wilma. If anybody hears a social worker's coming, they think their kids are going to be removed. I know, that was always the thing. And one of the things I used to always say is, um, I I'm here to work with you and I won't do anything and remove your child without letting you know. Um, and I'll let you know why I'm doing that and what you can do um, about that, how you and I can work together for that not to happen or why it must happen. Yeah, and that's always been the intention to seek to do that up front. Wow. So, I mean, that's a phenomenal piece of work anyway. I know we're slightly late on there, so I'm just going to move it along a little bit because I know there's other content that you do want to talk about. Um, but what was it like and how did you get to Australia, Wilma? Oh, so Australia, that's an interesting one. Um, Australia. I went to Australia in 2007, and if I was actually invited to go to Australia to visit about five or 10 years before, and I thought, mm, I'm not sure that as a black woman that I want to be going to Australia, because they don't have the best... Not very appealing, is it? Yeah, they don't have the best <laughs> reputation on how they treat their indigenous women, um, indigenous uh, people, full stop. Uh, but yep. 
um, I got married and uh, we both wanted to work abroad. And so we decided that we would move. Um, and uh, <laughs> I wanted to go somewhere like Italy or France and practice my little schoolgirl French. But my <laughs> husband, who's really sensible, said, um, do you speak French woman? I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, let's just go to an English speaking country. So we, um, we went to an expo here and uh, met the HR manager. We had an interview by telephone and then a move to Cairns, far north, re far north region. And uh, there was a good number of indigenous communities there. And, and that was just a privilege to work with them. Yeah. Um, there's no guarantee because you're black another black community would accept you. Okay. If you're respectful, yeah. then any community would accept you um, and recognize that you you want to work on their behalf so uh, we were there and we did some lovely community education um, and counseling in those indigenous communities as well as um, the host community uh, well, they were the host community as well as um, in the general public of uh, Australia and that was lovely and some mediation where families had um, you know, sadly broken apart. And in Australia, you needed to go through mediation before you could formalize your separation if you had children, it's a great plan. Um, so just a lot of lovely work there. We also set up a, um, a group and a service uh, for separated children. So these are children whose parents are separated. Was it specialized in the case, in the sense that, cause it was indigenous people? Whenever we set up a service, we did two things. We made sure that it was accessible for the indigenous community. And um, we also looked at whether there was a need for a separate service for the indigenous community. So sometimes we ran our services in those indigenous communities themselves. And so that, that was just lovely. And you, you can't just go into an indigenous community, you have to be invited in. So we had some indigenous workers and they would go and work in those communities. But we also made sure that um, where an indigenous personal family wanted to access our services um, in Cairns rather than say Yarraba, where their indigenous community was, yeah. they were welcome to. Okay. I like the fact that you included the community in that. And I'm seeing that even here at the moment, Wilma, and the work that we're doing is to ensure that we include um, any of the um, individuals within the community and train them to kind of go and work with other people. Yes. You don't always realise things about yourself, but I, I realise I've always had a, a strong community element to me. I think the community is really important. And I know that African proverb that talks about it takes a community to raise a child. You know, it takes a community to hold an individual as well. We yeah. don't, you know, our, our children need our communities and families are like micro communities as well. And that community can get bigger and stronger around a child. But as we grow, we still need our community for our identity and for our safety and for a sense of being comfortable and feeling familiar in our environment and, and being held and having trusted people around us. Absolutely. Wilma? I know because um, we did start late, I keep saying that. Um, before we go on and talk about what the place of faith in the pandemic is, do you mind if I play your favourite track? Yes. Yeah, I know that. No, yeah. Please go ahead and do that. Okay. This is, this is I'm just going to... Sorry, Wilma. No, this is uh, for all of us who, who celebrate our, our mothers and what they do for us without us recognising, and for my mum and her prayers for me. Oh, such a beautiful song. Um, just before I play it, I just want to remind callers, if you want to text in um, or WhatsApp us or call in, um, if you've got anything you'd like to say, um, you can contact us on 07432 362 257. And the track that Wilma's talking about is JP Cooper and Stormzy's Mama's got a prayer. I have to say, Wilma, I never actually heard this before. So thank you. Many things you pulled me through, and I wouldn't even know. 
There's an army that walks with me when I step out on that road. You ask them every day to accompany me on my way. Or you never forget to ask. You got books full of prayers, the stacks and stacks and stacks. And if I fall, what if I fall? These hands will catch it all. If I fall, these hands will catch it all. Mm-hmm. Brothers came round to the block and tried to spray us. Demons of the night, they came alive and tried to slay us. Was I was in my boxes playing Cod and San Andreas. I think I owe it all to mommy's prayers. I remember in December when they never tried to play us. And trying to hit the charts without the radio was chaos. Then mommy sat me down and told me they could never stray us. I charted that was cause of mommy's prayers. Yeah. I know I'll be just fine. This little light of mine. tried to play us then my mommy made a call and in the end they had to pay us i don't know how it worked but all i knew was we was way up i'm guessing it was because of mommy's prayers i've been stabbed bad times but they couldn't seem to chaos had a brother in the news yeah i see how they portray us but when i have kids and they ever disobey us i'm a warn about the power of their grandmother's prayers y'all i know i'll be just fine this little old life questions for us you can contact us on 07432362257 Wilma mm-hmm. you that song was absolutely amazing and I didn't even know it existed um, until you sent it to me so I feel really shame about that um, we've had a text Wilma Ooh. for you um, there's a question. It's about 16 to 24 year olds in the UK post pandemic will have been left behind, especially from the BAME community. What should be done to support them post pandemic? Well, I think this leads into the youth service and um, provision for our young people. Um, and before I left the NSPCC, I was uh, part of a a group of professionals who uh, went to the kind of House of Commons to just support getting more youth service back in. Um, so after, after we had it all cut in, what was it, 2011? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so I'd say he, here's what you do, is that whatever communities around them need to rally for them and they need to advocate and campaign to get services for them. And local authorities and central government recognise that they do have to do more for our young people. Um, I'd say if you are a church and you can put on uh, youth services and youth clubs or anything, do it. 
Um, if yep. you are an organization and you can just put something on for young people, do it. But I, I would particularly say what you need to do is to just write to our, our MPs and say, we have our young people here and we want to do something and we want you to do something for them and, and to just campaign until you get something for them. I agree because I even with mental health I know we just don't have enough provision for young people um it was bad before but I know now it's just going to be really bad so I agree I think maybe we do need to campaign in the community yeah yes we yes so wherever you have a voice because it's all about the voice mm -hmm. wherever you have a voice just put that towards the thing that really touches your heart most you know don't worry about anything else and um you know, thank you for that text and whoever wrote it. And if you if you have a if you have a if you have a heart for those sixteen to twenty three year olds via me, then write to everybody that you can and call everybody that you can to kind of join you to provide something for them. Because actually, it doesn't have to be much. It might just be look. This is where we, you know, you can come and meet here in the open and just do some exercise. It can be if you've got a if you've got a service, you, you know, just know that, just say, look, you're always welcome here. If you, if this is where you kind of want to buy your newspaper, buy, come here because we value you. But the last thing I'd say is everybody, because this is Mother in Sunday, everybody yeah. be a mother, be a parent to them. Um, and let's, let's all just take more care of our young people, knowing that, you know, the Adventist faith, they used to say that, you're in youth up until you're 35, which I really liked because I'm just yeah. over that. Um, also, <laughs> so let's let's just remember that in the same way that for our mothers we are always their children, yeah. our, our young people are always our young people, however old they become. And I think I like that. Um, that's really warm, Wilma, because you're right. I guess the community doesn't matter if you're an adult who has a young person or doesn't. Um, we're all responsible adults and. We're all kind of connected and we are responsible for each other. Yeah. I know more recently there's been conversations around, I can't remember the term, it's gone out of my mind, um, but it's a new safeguarding term that there's going to be responsibility given to adults um, just generally around the safety of young people. So, for example, as the general public, if we do see young people in trouble, um, you know, we have the, we are, we actually have the responsibility to report these things as the public now. Yeah, yes, that's right. Well, there's there's, there's been a few things happening, and we uh, in Bedfordshire University they had developed a thing called contextual safeguarding, recognizing yes. safeguarding okay. happens um, and is needed everywhere. It doesn't, and and that sense of let's take our safeguarding of our young people to where they are to the clubs that they go to, the streets that they live in, to um, any place that they visit. Let's all be responsible for that. It, it's, it's part of what's a wider, more ecological or holistic or systemic, whatever you want to call it. Every so often we get a nice new word for this, but it pretty much means everybody, everywhere, every activity. Let's look at how we keep our young people safe. Absolutely. I've got another WhatsApp message for you, um, Wilma. Um, thank you, by the way, to the listeners for sending in texts and messages. Um, this question says, we need ways to financially support ourselves, our own communities first. Do you think we need more strategy, strategy sorry, like this? <coughs> um, more strategies for financially supporting our communities? Yeah. Yes, yes, we do. Um, what I would say is it's not always about money um, because money translates into a number of things, providing time, providing resources, providing activities, um, you know, providing people. And so if you, if you take that money enables these, mm -hmm. let's capture as much of these as we can and then when we have them um, and we want to do more, we have a really strong, compelling argument to go out and say, here, look, these people are giving up their time. We just need you to fund that um, so that they can maybe 
reduce their hours in their jobs or give up their jobs. These people are given their resources, um, really nice. materials. So I think we, we, we have to look at, at everything as a whole and use money to enable and not as an initiator alone. I think you're absolutely right. I think we have to use the resources we have. Um, and we, you're right, we don't need money to do that. Um, for example, where I work at the moment, we know that we have a building, for example, Wilma. Mm -hmm. We know we have space, we know we have systems and policies, etc. So if there's any community groups that are working within the local community, we're trying to encourage them to partner with us and we can give them resources that they don't have. Yeah. Uh, and just by doing that, we can then think about funding and getting money and et cetera, and covering those things and extending it slightly. And I think sustainability is something that's bothered me for a long time is that, you know, we get pockets of money streams that come down and everybody jumps on it, but it's always for about two, three years. Yes. Never yes. sustainable, which means it's never going to produce a outcome as such, if you like a positive outcome anyway. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. And I'd, <clears throat> I'd say you're in a stronger position to fund something that's already started, um, sometimes, not always, than to try and show or, or get something started. But generally, I'd say let's not wait till you have the money if you have the will. And if you have the faith, you will find the avenues. I have a beautiful... Sorry, Wilma, the taxis are coming in. This is the real question. This was the crux of our conversation. I may have to bring you back, Wilma. What is your perspective of faith, trust during these lonely times, Wilma? Okay, now that's good because I, I thought I'd like to at least end with this. Um, <clears throat> I, when I look at this time, it's unprecedented. Uh, and therefore, you, you can say we don't have anything to pull on. But actually, if you have faith, nothing is entirely unprecedented for you, because essentially what you are entering into is another sphere in which you can apply something that you've really started, you've really practiced. Um, and so it's, it's not unprecedented to have to apply your faith to it. it you just might need more faith and you need more, might need more support uh, and you just might need to have more people around you. So I'm not belittling the pandemic. I'm just saying that where you have faith, here's an opportunity to kind of uh, pull on it and draw on it and let it be there for you because this is unprecedented. Um, and faith has helped people through many unprecedented situations that they have had. That's what's not unprecedented. So in terms of faith, I see it's about having a focus outside of yourself that's bigger and higher that's more powerful, that's more able, and you start to move out of yourself and you focus the fact that there is a God. There is this strength, this power that is more able and more possible and is all-encompassing and all-loving. So you take that focus away from yourself because we can all see our failings. And then you become acceptance. You, you, you accept that you can't do everything, you can't sort everything, you can't be in control of everything. You know, you can't, you can't manage everything. You have an acceptance about that, that you do have this focus about where you can put those things you can't manage, you can't control, you don't like, you don't want. You accept that they're in your life. You don't have to accept that they will continue to do what they're doing, but you accept that they're here and they need to be addressed. And you become um, trusting then. You're really uh, trusting of something that is bigger and more powerful and more able. And, and trust is something we see in the business world as well. It's really incredible. I'm working with a, a, a business uh, philosopher and, uh, and some large CEO uh, individuals, you know, companies of CEOs, and they always bring up this issue of trust, that if we don't have trust in our business world, uh, that doesn't allow us to be our best self, to do our best work. And personally, you need trusted people around you uh, where you can find peace and comfort and, you know, you can... Uh, find some uh, some sense of help uh, in difficult times and then you want to be really intentional about having inner peace so that focus on something bigger that acceptance that this is something i can't change but this bigger person this 
God, this deity, this force is able and has the power to, allows you to trust them to guide you and to help you and to recognize that you will not always feel strong in that, but it's their strength that you're holding on to. And then it leaves you with that hope because we have to have something that we hope beyond our present. Um, and in fact, gives us even hope in our past. And the hope in our past is about forgiveness and sense of meaning and sense of, ex you know, accepting that somebody's got that and that somebody understood when you did that hurt, which we've all done, I've done, that you didn't mean to. Uh, so that allows you to have some forgiveness for that, some hope in your present situation that this is not enduring, this too will come to pass. Um, and this higher source, my God, my strength is able to keep me and that my future is not just in despair. It's in his hand. It's in the hands of that higher power, that higher sense and that higher order. It's in God's knowledge and will and goodness and desire for me. And, and there's a there's a lovely text that many uh, Christians know. It's a it's Jeremiah 29, 11, where um, God was talking to the Israelites and we apply it to ourselves each day. I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Um, you know, not plans to harm, plans for a hope and a future. So all of these things for me is what faith can give us and enable us to have resilience in this period of a pandemic, in this period that's unprecedented for us, but is not an unprecedented situation for God in that he already knows the end from the beginning. And that force, that power that's bigger than us is bigger than our present situation. And so that faith element is really important. And we have, as you mentioned, um, included it in our well-being work. Mm -hmm. Not this more recent um, return to school uh, guide, which was based on the Department for Education guide, but in our wider well-being work where we take health and physical well-being, emotional, mental, spiritual and financial well-being and sure. we put together messages that can just help us maintain our well-being in the midst of all that we're dealing with. And I thank you, Wilma, for reminding me of that, because I think all too often in our practices, because we are often um, led by Western practices, we often forget the holistic side of ourselves. Mm. And I feel that spirituality, just one for a greater word to encapsulate everything, um, is often left out. So I really do like working in that way. And I've really appreciate working with you and um, the rest of the team as well in regards to working on well-being because it gave it more of a rounded feel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you know learning with you and the others at learning consultancy uk has been phenomenal i have one more question if that's all right well because i know we're going to close off soon mm -hmm. um, and round up in a bit but um somebody's asked an interesting question and i thank the listeners immensely for texting in today um so the question is would you say faith goes beyond religion Faith in oneself, for example, in the higher self? Um, so, yes, faith goes beyond religion. Religion is a, it's a practice of a belief. Mm -hmm. um, we, we need to be careful that we don't try and pigeon things. So when, when I talk about faith, I come from my position of yeah. um, a belief, and my belief is in a God and an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God. Um, it gives me faith in myself, faith in other people around me, uh, faith in even new people that I come to meet, faith in the nature that is around me and the technology that I use. So uh, faith is what you yourself have studied and shown it to be. But what I would encourage you to hold on to is that it is, it is definitely bigger than you that's the whole purpose and when we start to make ourselves the sum of the faith it takes away from that element for me which is having something bigger and stronger and greater um, and something to grow and to learn and to know more about all of the time 
and gives us growth and learning and strength. It's absolutely beautiful. Some of the things that you spoke about this morning um, is very inspiring and refreshing because I think faith um, is a conversation that doesn't really occur often. Um, and I know in wellbeing, it's something that, you know, a lot of people from um, BAME communities or um, anybody outside of the UK, I suppose, or anybody who comes here do have different cultural ways. Sure, sure. And we, we, can, we can honor our cultural ways. It's about recognizing and being true to them and allowing ourselves to grow and those who know more to teach us and then us to teach others so that all can grow and benefit. Absolutely. Is there any final kind of tips or anything that you'd like to give out, Wilma, before we wrap up today? Um, I'd probably just leave people with this FAITH acronym. Yeah. Um, just always focus on something higher and better and bigger. Accept that there are things that you can and can't change, and that's okay. Um, just change the things you can. Be intentional about seeking inner peace, because we all need it, and share it when you have it. And trust that that bigger uh, source um, will bring to you what's right and good and allow you to be what's right and good and a blessing to others. But, but, but live in hope. Always have that hope. Because that is the real source of kind of peace and comfort and, and joy. And, um, and as you grow and learn, share. Share with me. Share with others. Thank you. Wilma, I'd like to give you a massive thank you for being so wonderfully inspiring today on such a beautiful day, um, especially as I know you've missed um, your well-deserved breakfast in bed today. Exactly. Just the and your Sunday lay-in, so I appreciate you. And I really sincerely cannot thank you enough for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for having me, Pretty, and thank you so much for what you're doing and all the very best in it. Oh, thank you. Don't worry, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let you go, Wilma. I'll be bugging you anyway. No, I'm gone. Thank you. <laughs> and I just finally like to say thank you to all the listeners and all the people that do uh, make the effort to listen to me on a Sunday morning. I appreciate you too. And love to all our mothers and mothering women. Yes, love to all the women out there, mothers, those that may be supporting the community, as you said, that may not have children as well. Um, and to all the women, definitely. Um, and I'd like to wish everyone a joyful Sunday ahead. And um, thank you for listening to me on the Sunday morning surgery on injectionradio.com. And I will see you all next week. Same time, same place. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Everybody's searching for a hero. People need someone to look up to. Never found anyone who fulfilled my needs A lonely place to be And so I learned to depend on me
the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside.